Welcome to Norwegian Spitfire Foundation. This is NSF Talks. Hello and welcome to NSF Talks. NSF Talks is a podcast series aiming to dive deeper than ever before into the complexity of Norwegian Spitfire Foundation, our mission and the various of people that are involved in helping us achieve our goals. And that is to acquire, restore, operate and maintain Spitfires. We hope you enjoyed our talk with Espen Shetland last week. And if you didn't listen to it, we recommend that you do. We want to do another one quickly now, so we're going to mix things up a little bit today and turn the tables around, as you probably already can hear. Between uh, 2008 and 2016, he wrote eight books about historic aviation, four of them in English and three of them are novels. He's been a board member of Norwegian Spitfire Foundation since uh, 2014 and have been heavily involved in our social media doings since the start. You might have heard him on NSF Talks, but now here's the he here. He is the subject of interest. Please welcome Turida Larsen. Well, thank you. Tables have indeed turned. Yeah, it's um, hopefully the people before noticed that hey this 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 is a different voice (laughs) so uh, yes we will just go straight to the questions there are many things Uh, me as uh, I uh, I can just introduce myself I'm uh, Knut Åsamir I'm the uh, film producer of uh, Norwegian Spitfire Foundation and uh, it's very interesting for for me that we can have this talk now as uh, we're both basically um, authors, uh, one in writing and one in uh, moving images. So uh, we'll begin with uh, what everyone also gets uh, as their first questions, and that is, uh, what were your first memories or experiences of the aviation world that left a lasting impression? Yeah, uh, well, just before I I get to that question, I'll just say that uh, uh, NSF talks you know, we're just trying out new ideas and and you know seeing what works and what doesn't work. And uh, I just wanted to make another uh, one of these podcasts without you know further ado and and much trouble. So I, I just simply decided that we would do this again, Knut, and we would just you know shift yeah. positions a little bit and uh, just see if in the future perhaps we can. Uh, be more than two people, maybe three people, or or just you know, you know, change things up a little bit. So yes, yeah. uh, did I forget to? No, uh, I uh, I haven't answered your question. So no, you no. know, first, <laughs> and you know, in, in I've come to realize what you know when I've I've you know spoken to a few people that um, this interest, you know, historic aviation is. It's, it's, it's a diverse interest, but I think that, well, not all, but um, many uh, people have inherited this uh, uh, interest from someone else. Uh, mostly, uh, you know, fathers or uncles or grandfathers and, and, 
and you know that's the impression that I uh, I get when I, I talk to people. Uh, not always, but 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 sometimes. So uh, yes, what was your question? My first. No, my just first what, what got what got you? What was you know a lasting memory? Must yeah. have been as a kid like that. Wow, this was yeah. Amazing. Didn't we didn't we speak about this a little bit? It, it's interesting, yes. but uh, yeah, my, my first uh, my my first memories in historic aviation. There there's a few because um, you know back in you're way too young, Knut, so you don't remember this. But you know back <laughs> back in the back in the eighties, um, we had these these, these uh, comic books. Um, they're quite uh, they're they're quite expensive these days because you know they're a collector's item. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when I was I was a kid, they were still around at least for a few more years before they just sort of disappeared. But they were called uh, Povingina and Comp, and I think these were copies from uh, from Britain. Uh, I think in Britain they're called uh, Aces High or, or something like that. So one of my my first. Uh, memories because you know uh, I'm sure my 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 dad did this on purpose, but he introduced me to uh, historic aviation by reading those comic books, uh, and I especially remember this story of a mosquito crew um, encountering the the ME. 163 comets. Did I get the numbers right? I think I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's something like that. I think it's like the 163. That. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, he he re- I, I I was like six or seven, and he he read that story uh, to me while on you know the sofa home, and and then we just I and I'm sure he bought um, more of these comic books, and but that's that's the story that sort of you know kickstarted my interest. Mm. But then you had. Um, I'm not sure when he started doing this, but he he was he was always interested in aviation, and he was always, you know, drawing Spitfires and stuff. And when I was a kid, he also took his uh, private pilot's license. So so I was a part of that, and I I joined him when he uh, he uh, drove to uh, you know airports in Hamad and you know small airfields and uh, getting you know rides in Cessnas and stuff like that. And then he. He uh, took his exam and he we were we were flying around. So, but then I was like maybe nine or or, or ten or or uh, you know around that age. Do so um, you think your first flight in an airplane was was that with your father? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have one. I have one specific memory of that because he 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 knew this uh, local uh this local man uh, and he had a Cessna it, it wasn't a 172 i think it was a 210 uh oh, yeah. which you know had a bit more power and it had a retractable uh, undercarriage and That's, uh, uh, fancy yeah and and, the, and and this guy he was he was quite known like at least you know around the local area for being a bit of a you know wild you know pilot um (laughs) so so we got rides with him and we also got a ride in a few other but but what i remember is that we were you know um we were you know taking a a visit to my my home where you're flying uh and 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 this wild uh you know average uh, i'm sorry not 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 average, but middle-aged guy. He just, you know, <laughs> he 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 dove, you know, he went uh, went down, uh, you know, quite fast. You know, I don't remember if this was a Cessna, if it was a Piper Cherokee or whatever. I know, and and then he pulled up so hard from from that dive that I I remember being like, you know, 
pulled back in my seat because yeah. I was like seven or eight years old or something <laughs> like that. So, but you know, honestly, don't remember much of these flights. I remember, you know, getting a ride with this uh, this other guy from Rainsville Air- Airfield to Hamar just to, to get some some fuel or something. And my dad wasn't even, you know, I'm sure he, he was waiting somewhere. So, uh, but I did get a get get a f- few of these rides. But I think it was the I think it was the Spitfires and the Mustangs, and and I think that's what you know caught you know caught my eye. And then when you're when you're a, when you're a kid like that, I, I'm sure I told that story too. But you sort of you sort of mix you know reality with fantasy, mm. or or you imagine things. And because I, I I've always been because of some uh, other guy I know, he was a bit older than me, and he was really into heavy metal. So he he played me or gave me a tape uh, by TNT, uh, which is a Norwegian heavy metal band. And um, on the on their last song, I'm sure they're trying to simulate a thunder because it's called Knights of the New Thunder and this this thundering roar. And I was playing that song, and I think my dad said something like, uh, "Oh, that must have that sounds just like when Rolf Arneberg went down <laughs> uh, uh, in 1945 and crashed yeah. into that barn in Elde." Um, but I, in my world, I thought it that's the sound that's that's Rolf Arneberg going down because I didn't know if it was the thunder or anything like that. So I sort of mixed those two. So and then you know you you know you start legends and and myths and and you know you know tales of uh, you know the old times of flying. Uh, in you know in combat and stuff like that and uh, I think in in the first grade I was already you know drawing Spitfires and and Messerschmitts and and stuff like that um, uh, doing combat yeah uh, which was uh, so I I was already hooked I didn't even know it but I was already I was already on board and I'm I'm sure that my dad got his interest somewhat from his father again so so this is like three generations of of uh, of of aviation but just taking different approaches so to speak because my dad you know went you know taking the license and being interested but but I went you know doing the books and and mm. social media social media and stuff like that so uh, and then and then um he he, he I remember my my uncle cuz he was like slightly interested as well and he he um had this videotape, uh, a VCR videotape of the Battle of Britain, the movie from '69, because he had videotaped, yes. uh, he videotaped that from uh, Swedish television, <laughs> and I and I got hold of it. So uh, we just, I just keep, continued uh, watching that movie over and over and you, over again. You, you probably broke the tape almost. Oh, very close, very close. <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea how many times I, I watched that movie, and I was talking to Espen about that too, and he, uh, I got the impression that he had done exactly the same thing, and he, just watching those Bouchons and the Spitfires, and you know, you know, you never get around to, you know, you're, you never, you know, f- you know, you never finish uh, being, you know, interested, and and, and but you know, I, I was a kid, so. Uh, my dad took me to see uh, Memphis Bell when I was, yes. I think I was 10. Uh, and Perfect I remember age. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, so that was in the movies. And I remember that, you know, when they were going on that mission to Bremen, I think, 
you know the the intensity of because I knew what they were doing. So the intensity of that takeoff, uh, I don't know. I must have been you know practically shaking when I was you know watching uh, them take off on that mission with all those B-17s. It was. And then, then you had, you know, I think NRK even showed piece of cake. If you're, you, I'm, no, you're familiar with piece of cake. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. I didn't know if they. Sh- uh, that's before my time, but that's uh, very good that they did that. Oh yeah, uh, piece of cake. I think they they shot it in '89 or '90, yeah. or was it '88? It was Ray Hanna and Mark Hanna, Stephen the Gray. Famous bridge scene, which everyone oh, knows. Yeah. Oh, everyone yeah. knows that scene. So. Yes. That was on that was on NRK, um, yeah. but it was it was on a bit late, and uh, I, I sort of censored myself because I, I was too young. So, <laughs> and and you know, it, it, my dad was like telling me it was quite you know graphic, because I think Moggy got shot and you know the bullets went through him, and, and then you saw there was a yeah. hand that got shot. It, it's so, not so, it's not as rom- you could say it's not as romanticized as Battle of Britain. It's it, it's more you know a bit more brutal, brutally honest. Yeah, and I didn't really understand the humor back then, but I, 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 you know, Derek Robinson, the author, sort of played a huge role in my writing later on. But you know, but I've watched Piece of Cake now, so don't worry, it's not like I, I yeah. haven't censored myself from watch. So, but, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but these things they make a you know huge impact. And then we spoke about those air shows. Uh, you were too young, sadly, probably. Uh, you know the That's historical. That's going to be most of this uh, interview. Yeah, yeah. So too bad. <laughs> <laughs> the historical air shows at Garden Moon in 1990 or 91, and then you had another air show in 92, and then you had um, uh, the huge Royal Norwegian Air Force when you had the Red Arrows coming in. Uh, you had a tornado and the uh, Italians and the French. They were they all came to Gardamon that year, and that was that was absolutely massive. Um, don't remember much of it um, from the '92 air show. I remember one name, and that's Ray Hanna. For, for you know, they, they yes. kept talking about Ray Hanna, and and so I remember uh, that name, that mm. Ray Hanna. So that's my, you know, that's my, you know, one of those, you know. Um, those childhood uh, memories that I uh, uh, that I remember. Um, yeah, and, and th- all of this must have, you know, come together to be to inspire you to become an author. Since this sounds like, you know, the the for me, uh, what inspired me to start uh, getting involved into historic aviation was the simulators, uh, and it has sort of the same uh, parallel that. Uh, it's a mix of uh, child imagination and fantasy, and you're 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 imagining you are a pilot, and you're doing all of this. Uh, you're sort of recreating history in a simulator, and obviously your imagination is much more powerful than the software. So that inspired me to keep going and 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 then uh, join these massive battles with people online, hundreds of people flying together and recreate history, and that. Again, built up to go and 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 uh, and recreate uh, or 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 uh, try and do this in film and make uh, documentaries. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So how, how how was this for you? Were you when did you start thinking? Oh yes, I want to write about these things. Pretty early, I guess. Oh um, oh yeah, man. Um, I'll just I'll just go back to what you mentioned before I did those books because I I, I was online too and and flying yeah. simulators just you know ten years before you did. Yeah. Um, and 
so I got my, myself a computer when I was 16 or 17, uh, and a few years down that road, they, you know, you know, flight simulator came along, and then you had these simulation uh, games called Warbirds and and um, flying circles and stuff like that. So uh, I was online and I was I was doing that stuff, and I later found out that I could I could take some of those experiences because I found out that they. They, they simulate, they, they're not real, but they at least simulate because, okay, you're in a Spitfire Mark One and then you're up against uh, a Focke-Wulf D9. What do you do? You, you don't try to, you know, <laughs> fly away. You have to turn. See? Yeah. So, you, you know, you get a, like a basic impression of, of what, you know, a dogfight is like. Yeah. Uh, and so I managed to take some of that uh, and put that into uh, my books. And that mm. stuff comes from simulation, just like you. Uh, so, and that's why I was, you know, just leaping forward just a little bit to my, my, the last book I did, which I, uh, dedicated to, to the, those, uh, simulator, uh, guys as well, because they're a part of this in a, in a big way. So, so, uh, yeah. And so, so I managed to do that and I think it was, I flew warbirds for a few years and then SSI on and off and stuff like that. So, um, and in the early 2000s, you could still write to these um, war heroes because they yeah. were still alive back then. Um, so, so I just I wrote a lot of uh, letters to a lot of them, and I, I and they replied. So uh, they all replied to me. And you did um, this uh, by letter? By letter, yeah, yes, indeed. Just just forming up. A um, few differences here and there, and uh, when I'm writing those those fighter pilots, I, I just add a few. I, I remember adding a few things about that, and Wilhelm replied, and uh, a few of uh, Per Wolle replied, and and and, and then uh, I didn't know that uh, Finn Torsager, um, uh, he was the one that I, I I first wrote about. I didn't know that he had passed away, uh, but his widow uh, replied to me, and so. We actually just started to exchange letters for a while, mm. uh, and then I think it was after a few, maybe a year or so, doing that, uh, she sent me his memoirs. Uh, am I on to your question now, or am I? No, just no, I, I'm just uh, I'm listening very intently <laughs> since this is very fascinating to to hear. Since you are you're you're you are creating a personal connection with the families or the relatives and or yep. even with the pilots and veterans themselves. And this must create, uh, 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 I, I imagine, a, a very special feeling of trust that they trust you yeah. and they and they and they uh, they trust you to tell their story. I, w I was I was very surprised that she had so much trust when I asked if I could do something uh, in regards to his memoirs, because I, I you know, I hadn't really been writing anything before that, uh, mm -hmm. except that I was on a complete high uh, because I just did my bachelor's degree. I think that was 2007. So, um, and then I, I, I got a good grade on that. So I thought, okay, so maybe I can do something because these uh, college professors or whatever they actually, you know, enjoyed my writing. Because I, I don't think what I wrote about was so huge or so, you know, good. But but I, I probably got the grade because I, ma I managed to make it flow and that it was good. My writing was good. So so I thought, okay, so I'll, I'll see if I can, you know, getting a confidence boost from that. Maybe I'll, I'll you know, offer to 
to write something about uh, Finn Tushagi, um, yes. which I which I did because his memoirs they he he sort of wrote them like he would you know talk and uh, and it's not really you you can't really publish his memoirs without uh, tweaking them a little bit. Yeah, uh, it needs there needs to be context. Yes, um, and so the. My plan and my dad's plan, because he was also a part of that, and he he actually wrote uh, a chapter in that book. Uh, but my, our plan was to try to uh, create a book that was uh, written in 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 ten uh, in present tense, uh, and to make that uh, a little bit of a um, introduction to a younger generation of of mm. people. Uh, and that I, was yeah. I remember your book very well since I was um, yeah. Um, when we when we got to know each other uh, through the foundation in, in our beginning, I uh, read your fin, uh, your your book about Finn Tushagir, and I still remember. I think it was it's his his first kill, since you know that's a big moment for everyone, and and it's but what really hit me was that it 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 culminated in in the the very long struggle to get to that point in his life. So he's been he's been interested in aviation his whole life. He's been going through the war in Norway. He's been traveling all around the world to, to Canada, through all the dangers there, the dangers of training, then through uh, to England and the Orkneys, and then all the way down to the dangerous south uh, where the fighting is happening. And he finally managed to, you know, make a difference. As I said in my own interview, I mean, I think uh, for them, it must have been an amazing uh, feeling that they feel that they are useful and making a difference. And I, I felt that in that moment when he, you know, shot down his first fighter and he was cheering and I think thumbs up to his uh, wingman and they were waving and then they uh, kept going uh, uh, on the patrol. Yeah. And the writing that in, in, in present tense was, was important because I wanted to create some of that uh, intense feeling. Mm. which you sort of get by writing like that because you're not getting that tense feeling if you do it in, in past tense. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was important. I, I, I'm not sure if I decided to do it or if it just, you know, happened to be like that. But um, I think it sort of worked uh, as an introduction. But then um, y you have you have to break through to uh, a public. Uh, you know, it, it's easy to sell these books to uh, people within the community. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, uh, but like I don't I don't really know anything about horses. So how the hell do you do you do you sell me a book about horses, right? Horses uh, for horses. Yeah. So so like uh, that that's the hard part with what we're what we're doing and and our our uh, interest because uh, we're trying to tell others that hey this, this is really this is interesting and it's important. It's um, a human story. It's a human story. It's not yeah. because I think most people think that you know me included. You know, just like to watch aeroplanes, which is just half. You know, yeah. you have to combine man and machine, and that's I think that's my the co-author of Into the Swarm, uh, Chris Yeoman, who who said that it's it, it's happening when you combine man and machine because mm. without the man, there's it's just a machine and. Without the machine, it's just you know, man. But you yeah. know, if you combine, you you get something. And, yeah. and so so I've sort of stuck to to being having focus on people and not like you know stuff within inside the Rolls Royce Merlin engine or whatever. You know, you have 
I am interested in, in the people. And that is uh, an excellent point since, uh, you know, reading many different uh, biographies, uh, uh, usually relatives of uh, their father, either it was their father or their grandfather, and they write, they usually do it in past tense. Uh, and 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 it feels a bit disconnected since they're honoring their 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 relative, they're honoring their father, so they 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 don't want to you know dive down into how he might have felt and so on. But that you're able to to make it feel uh, like a personal story, that is uh, incredibly powerful, and uh, it's also very visible in your in your fictional film. Uh, sorry, fictional books. Yes, it's, man. Yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah. Uh, you because, you caught like the essence of it. That that's yeah. that's the that's the essence of it. And uh, neither Gladiator, you know, the story of in Tursagera and the English version Viking Spitfire. It's it's not a facts book. Uh, it's it's not like a summary of of someone. And it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to capture something. Uh, yeah. It's supposed to uh, introduce you to something and to create an interest. Uh, I'm not like trying to, you know, give this to people and say this is like detailed history. Uh, it's it's not supposed to be like that. Because um, a lot of people do that. A lot of people write just facts, and and that's it. And and that's that's good because you need that, but you can also do something else. Yes, it's uh, it's uh, you know, there's not. I don't think there's a solution or a one solution for everything. So I, I think it's it's a very good that we have uh, authors like you who can dive into the uh, the personal aspect of historic aviation since it's it's such a difficult or it's a it's a subject that has so many different components and the plane is the smallest component <laughs> the, the aircraft itself is the smallest component it's uh, it can be very diverse uh, I will move on a bit to um, the um, the uh, what you just mentioned is uh, you you you've written uh, eight books uh, and uh, some of them has been in in cooperation with other authors. So you're you've write you've written um, books together with uh, Chris Yeoman. And uh, how is that? How, what is the process around writing a book together? Oh, oh, that was that was you know the perhaps the easiest book I I've ever done, and I'm sure he feels the same way because. What what he had was was leftover stories from another book that he he wrote, um, and I had uh, stuff about uh, other pilots from my side that uh, wasn't enough for a book. <laughs> Turns out mm. that two of them actually happened to end up as books later on, uh, which was uh, Finn Eriksrud and Leif Lundsten. Uh, yeah. So so it's, it's sort of like an introduction to those guys within. Uh, into the swarm and uh, Chris being English he uh, he managed to do a, a good deal with uh, the publisher and considering that that uh, into the swarm is like at least halfway about the Battle of Britain it sold quite well too so it's like the easiest uh, mm. book that I have done sold the most which it's ironic uh, no it's uh, sometimes Easy, how you say easy is the best solution, but it it means that you you found something uh, important then that you you found that hybrid between you know facts uh, and storytelling. Into the swarm is is just is is more facts. It's yeah. just uh, it's it's just biographies of these um, of these people. So, 
um, you know, with the process of, of me doing these books, you know, I, I started out like, you know, loose and, uh, mm. you know, writing uh, um, sentences or, or, or things that, you know, no one, no one really said, like with Finn Torsager saying, yeah, it's cold outside. And I don't know if he, if he said anything like that. And yeah. then with, with my last one with Spitfire Glory, I'm, I'm totally focused on getting everything right down to the last detail of the serial number so it's like a complete turnaround from yeah. where I started out. How, how, how have you have you gotten any reviews uh, from from both Spitfire Glory and Into the Swarm and uh, do you see uh, uh, the difference in uh, what they appreciate? Uh, I, I do believe that um, people within the community at least in Norway uh, they respect or appreciate Spitfire Glory uh, much more than they they do with uh, the first one because it that's that book is not for them. Uh, the last one, Spitfire Glory, is more for them. Spitfire Glory is for the community uh, and for people who are interested in the subject. And I I don't I, I don't expect people from the outside to be you know so so into Spitfires that they they dig into different serial numbers and whatever he. Uh, Leif Lundstedt did from day to day, uh, but that's like superbly geeked out uh, that yeah. book, and I'm, I'm extremely proud of that book, uh, and it, it is my favorite, you know, considering uh, there's just so much facts in it. It's probably your most thought of work as well. Y yeah, I'd say so because you know, uh, I, I was I was quite young when I did uh, those first books, um, uh, so I'm, I, I didn't really read uh, or. I don't think it got many reviews and stuff like that, but um, uh, I, I, what I got from Spitfire Glory was pretty good reviews because I acted perhaps more like an academic when I wrote that. Uh, yes. To some people, just you know, boring, uh, but to nerds, quite fascinating. Um, but I, 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 so what I had to do was to, I, ne I needed to get. Um, uh, all of those uh, the, the storytelling out of the way in a different sense than you know putting that into the same book because you can't really do Spitfire Glory or uh, the book about Finn Eriks through the Mosquito Attack. Uh, you can't no. really do those because those are those are facts driven. Uh, so I did those two novels just to please myself uh, yeah. <laughs> or just you know get time off uh, because in those days. You know, back in 2010 or and forward to 16, I, I had an insane amount of, of, of time to uh, to do whatever I want. And I, I spent between 2008 and 2016, I spent, looking back, I spent an insane amount of time doing historic, historic aviation. If I wasn't writing anything, I was... Uh, researching something or taking photos or or editing photos or going to 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 England or uh, I was doing stuff for NSF so uh, the amount of time I spent on historic aviation uh, yeah. is is just insanity looking back and uh, it's uh, it's a quite uh, it's a quite honor that to to be able to you know to talk about this or hear your hear your side of the story since this is you know, part of your life for a long time. Uh, how do you feel moving on as an author? Do you feel there is a, a change in direction or are you still inspired in the same way? Oh, I don't know. Um, 
the problem being, and I, you know, that Kato Kato Gunfeld, because he, he he wrote a lot. He he wrote a lot about you know Norwegian fighter pilots. Yeah. And I I spoke briefly to him, uh, you know, a few years back now, um, and he said, you know, he had come to like the end of the road when it came to uh, Norwegian historic aviation. There was just simply. Well, he, I know that he has some books which are unpublished and he should do, but he felt he just, you know, that's it. Um, mm. there, I, you know, there's, there's nothing more to write about. And I, I felt that I, I can't, you know, go back to uh, the publisher and, or, or, and just present, here's another story about another Norwegian pilot. Um, so considering that, if I'm going to do anything else, um, it's going to be something else uh, completely. When, when I have the time, because you, you, like I said, if you're gonna write like a novel like the one, uh, the the one I did the last, um, which is called, what do you call it in English? Uh, a damn good war, or uh, yes. a, a, a damned proper war. Uh, you need your mind at the right place, and you need the time, um, and you can't be uh, disturbed by a lot of outside factors. Uh, which uh, I know that some authors sort of just, you know, go off to a cabin somewhere and they, they spend like three weeks there and they, they just write like an insane amount of, of, which I can do. But for now, I sort of retracted my historic aviation into NSF um, and doing books. Because the thing was that the last one, the uh, the, uh, the one we in English call the damn good war, um, it was supposed to be a trilogy, uh, so, so it, it was supposed to be three books, uh, and I, I did start on the second one, but I, I just, uh, I saw that okay, I have, I, I can't, you know, I can't spend this time doing that, um, because when you're not writing it, you, you're constantly thinking of, okay, how I'm gonna, turn, you know, do that, or how I'm gonna. Uh, tie that loose end up or, or you know mm. so you need um you need that you need the time and you need the mindset um but you, you know it, it's there so it I, I could do that um but for now um there will be nsf um and i have i do have like 40 pages on something completely different which um i might look into again uh but like Kato gunfeld i i think that um, we have done well. He, he, he he's done enough, uh, you know, uh, in literature to uh, put Norwegian pilots back where they belong uh, in the first place. Uh, and I did that to Leif Lundsten, which uh, he deserved. Uh, I did that, you know, to Finn Tushager too, but you know, mostly to Leif Lundsten because he 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 was killed during the war. So. Put him back where he belongs as one of the you know the greatest Spitfire pilots ever, um, and then now we're going to focus on um, on the machinery part and try to see if we can uh, keep uh, Spitfire flying again. So yes. uh, that that's the logical next step. Um, so in terms of writing, um, don't know, um, but in terms of something else, then sure. Yes, no, and that's an excellent question since it's there's nothing is certain, and it's uh, for me it's, it brings uh, memories of uh, of uh, the of uh, editing. Uh, you reach a point where you feel you you need to do something else uh, and just try something else, uh, and 
And uh, if you are uh, finished something that you're really pleased with, uh, and it's a sort of a fulfilling feeling that I've done the part I was supposed to do. I've uh, and and you feel like you are ready to 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 step on to a different type of challenge or just evolve as a as a yeah as in the creative Correct. arts you do. Correct. You yeah. want to move yeah. on, not not in a negative way. You just want to evolve. I think it's a better Correct. word. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, uh, I think my dad once said that uh, you're not supposed to keep a job uh, for more than 10 years because then you get bored. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not exactly uh, like that with this interest because it's always it will always be around and I'm always doing uh, what I can do. Uh, but you know you need to find some challenges. Uh, and if, if that's something else, you know, in, in terms of writing, then sure. Uh, but I'm I'm always sticking to it, so I'm I'm never gonna like leave it alone because you know you're, I'm too heavily involved uh, to do yeah. to do that. So uh, uh, who knows? Like if if we're ever gonna do uh, let let let's see a book on PL two five eight because I I know uh, Andy Saunders, another author, he did one on uh, a Spitfire Mark one a couple of years back. Uh, and if if we're ever going to do something like that, which we should do with PL two five eight, I'll be happy to to write that. Uh, that that will be an amazing uh, opportunity. I I wish I wish the best. I will be happy to join that team too. Since oh yeah, <laughs> you know you know the more minds together we could. Uh, there's the PL two five eight is. Uh, I guess we're digressing a bit here, but. Uh, the the, the PL25 it is a symbol of more than just a plane and it has so many personal stories of not only the pilots that flew uh, the aircraft but uh, the whole context as we said it needs to have context and everything around is is a, it's a, it's its own uh, sort of uh, t time and place it's a time capsule of a time that's no more and it needs to be remembered. And uh, I think that is a great moment to move to where you come in into NSF, since you just said that uh, you you know focusing your available time with NSF. So, how did you get into the foundation in the first place? Yes, uh, yeah, let's do that. And uh, uh, okay, well, the lights went off. Okay, we still have power. Um, good, good. <laughs> yes. Um, well, um, I'll, I'll just start uh, from the scratch, from scratch, and I'll end up with the uh, the P fifty one flight in two thousand and fifteen. How's that? Oh I'll, yeah, yes, I'll do yes. that. I'll do that. That's that's very good. <laughs> I was gonna ask about that. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, actually, I, I I don't know uh, if I'm sure it was Lars who got in touch with me. That I know. I'm not sure uh, how he did. Uh, maybe he sent me an email or. Or he sent me a text or or something like that, because um, I I saw on Facebook back then, because uh, you know in 2000 and I think it was 13, I think it was 13. Um, Eskil Amdal had made a Facebook page for the or the foundation. Uh, not a lot of information, you know, back then, and uh, so it was just basically. Uh, a Facebook page with and uh, maybe there was a website. I don't know. But anyway. Um, Lars wanted to meet me and uh, just introduce me to this uh, organization. Uh, so we met at Gardemoon uh, over a cup of coffee, and he just uh, told me a little bit about his background. And because uh, I, I know I, I knew that he had been flying uh, the Mustang and the Invader, so he wasn't unknown, of course not. So, <laughs> uh, but 
apparently, I don't know if it was him or Eskil who uh, found my website because I, I, I used to have a website dedicated to uh, uh, some Norwegian pilots and I had some articles up and stuff like that. So uh, I'm sure he they wanted to um, use me um, to create, create articles, um, sort of merge my website into NSF. Uh, and I'm sure they, they wanted someone with a bit of, uh, you know, social media or, or internet uh, knowledge to do their bit online, uh, which I, of course, I said, uh, yes, I would, you know, be happy to. Um, so I did, I did that, you know, on top of writing all those books. Oh, yes. <laughs> did they so know my... you were writing so many books at the same time? I have no idea. <laughs> they know now. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so it was like uh, you know, you know work-wise, uh, thirty percent NSF and seventy percent uh, book writing, and you know. But like I said, the, in this, the time I spent on that was just insane. Uh, I didn't. I, I was you know playing football, and that was it. And I, I was just you know doing this type of stuff. Um, you know, in 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 the beginning, it was just. You know the board, um, which consisted of five or six people, and most of them are still there. But we're a lot more people now. The organization doesn't look anything like it used to uh, back then. Uh, but I, I, I put a full focus on uh, social media, uh, and because my other Facebook page, which sort of I don't really do anything with it anymore, uh, had like fourteen thousand uh, people. So I wanted to bring those guys over to NSF uh, by posting and keeping uh, keeping that you know connection to uh, history. Because I I think Lars said during the podcast I did with him, uh, he said that, that first they just wanted to fly the Spitfire, uh, and then they realized that they had to connect history and the people uh, with the Spitfire, uh, and that was like the, I think that was the smartest move they ever did. Uh, to combine that because that's where you sort of find, you know, the magic of it. Uh, see the results now. So many people uh, come together uh, in in a common goal yeah. to restore uh, a Spitfire to represent the symbol of the uh, of the contribution of uh, all the Norwegians who who fought in the war. Yeah. And in, and instead of being excluding like some. Uh, organizations before uh, us, we wanted to be to include anyone who wanted to participate and do their bit was welcome to do so, which is one of the genius uh, moves that uh, they did so early on uh, to just to bring as much people uh, involved as possible. But you see this this interest is, you know, you, you would imagine that this interest is quite narrow, uh, but it's not. Um, there's so many approaches to this you can approach this this topic in so many ways. You know, you can come from the camera side, uh, you know, for photographic side, uh, like Eric Astenshoe or or those photographers. Or you can come from the literature side, like uh, Kato Gunfeldt. You can come from the pilot side, like Lars or Eskil. Uh, you can come from there's an, or the RSC side, like the, the models. And there, there's so many, you know. So you just grab people from all of those categories, and then you get uh, NSF. Which is, which is very very smart in my opinion. So, uh, we, uh, you know, when at the, you know when I started out with NSF, I, I actually did you know considerable amount of work um, with just 
you know, with the websites and a lot of other stuff that I, I can't even remember what I was doing. But um, I was lucky enough to, uh, you know, as a thank you, I think from uh, from NSF or from, you know, Sean Patrick, who owned the Mustang, that uh, I was able to, uh, you know, go on a go on a flight or a display practice as it was. So not in just in the aircraft. No, 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 no. So so that was uh, I haven't really flown uh, as you know, I've flown in a Cessna and I've flown on a P51 Mustang and that's it. So <laughs> it's a good repertoire. It's uh, <laughs> begin with the uh, begin with the Mustang atop. Uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, just just skip the Tiger Moss and uh, you know, skip the, all those things. Just go straight to the to the Mustang. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I, I had been, you know, you know I was offered uh, to, uh, you know, to, to take a flight in it when uh, when there was an opportunity to do so. And, you know, I was a bit lucky um, because, you know, that moment came on a Thursday before Flying Legends. So I, I just changed my ticket. I flew to Sula uh, and and uh, in transit there and, and went to London. So I managed to get down to Duxford. Uh, Wednesday evening, something like that, um, and then I stayed at Oxford uh, for the entire Thursday, uh, just waiting for the shark or the Mustang to to show up. How many uh, butterflies think, did you have in your stomach then? Uh, well, I can't really, you know, I, I was. No, here's a here's a good story about that. You know, it, it's sort of like butterflies. But uh, I, when I was seated in the Mustang, uh, you know, getting you know to grips with the you know the cockpit and stuff like that. And, yeah. And and then Lars was off doing something. Or I don't know. And and you were alone uh, in the plane. It, no, I think it was he was just you know you know at the tail doing something. You know? Oh yes, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And then and then I start to I start to think that like how should I put this in writing because I felt an you know an obligation to. You know, everyone to be able to, you know, to, to write down or to tell people what this is like, uh, because uh, it doesn't happen to to uh, well now it does because you can just sort of buy yourself a flight and uh, but co that costs a lot of money. So I wanted to just you know convey the experience. So I was you know really thinking like how do I do this you know the proper way and 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 then I think it was John Dodd uh, he because uh, he flew the the Mustang. Uh, to Duxford that day, and he saw my face, and he, I'm sure he thought I was very, you know, being a bit worried about. Oh, yeah. So he's like, yeah. so he, he's Scottish, so he's like, have you uh, ever flown a fighter before? And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> like, well, you shouldn't be too worried. He's like, no, 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 I'm not worried. I'm just, I'm just thinking of how to put this in words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we Norwegians are not very good with words. <laughs> he, he is very good with words, though. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah. So. Uh, and then, then, and then Lars did the the practice display, which I I tried to write down, you know, afterwards, and you know, and sort of some of his pull-ups, they sort of caught me by surprise because I, I didn't have time to like straighten, you know, tighten up the muscles. I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah. So I was totally, I was almost blacking out a, a couple of times, uh, which I found interesting. I was truly scared. Um, uh, but I, I do remember like being upside down over Duxford and my, my head was, uh, you know, sort of crashing into the cockpit, uh, the hood and I was looking down on it and I was like, okay, so this, this is happening. So, uh, mm. you know, you, you know, you, you never forget, uh, you know, a thing like that. Um, and especially cause you know, uh, when I was growing up, my, 
you know the Mustang was in the you know belonged to Scandinavian historic flight. Um, and I, I remember my dad like talking about you know uh, you know how how to get a ride in a Mustang and how do we you know how do I do that and uh, he uh, he um, you know couldn't find you know that you know opportunity or the chance to because back then it was like it was almost impossible to you know be, even be near a Mustang in Norway so so I, I thought that was you know a, you know a lot of fun which sort of like culminates three generations of aviation interests with me in the backseat of the Mustang so I was uh, so I was sort of trying to you know take it all in uh, and you know do a good write-up uh, of that experience because you never know if you you know that's ever gonna you know come my my way again so that that was important and then it's like six years ago now so yeah so you know defining moment uh yes. like I, I remember you know walking over to the mustang i'm thinking like okay how do i ever gonna top this which i never did so <laughs> i'm sorry uh i uh it, you you listen just listening to you now Thierry, that it just my 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 incredible flight uh, in the Mustang to just flashes flashes back and my uh, one of the most amazing moments is just before it all happens is you're lined up and Lars slowly throttles up and you can just hear the Merling going from a small purr to stronger and stronger and stronger and you and you're wondering when is it going to stop it just keeps getting louder and louder how how was that for you do you did you feel like oh it's happening now we're going we're going <laughs> funny i i i was you know during takeoff i was sort of just looking at people who because i didn't have a camera with me like you know like that yeah so i yeah. was just looking for someone like please there, there must be someone here that i know that's taking a <laughs> photograph of this thing and yeah. you know luckily uh there was because uh i know a guy uh, great guy. He's called. Uh, his name is Hugh Hopkins. Uh, he's you know heavily involved with uh, historic aviation, and he and his uh, comrades, uh, he, they were there, and he took a lot of photos. Uh, so uh, uh, I have some photos of me, uh, and there's one photo of me taking off, but I'm looking the wrong direction because I'm looking towards <laughs> the hangars. I'm not looking towards uh, the fields. Yeah. Uh, which was uh, stupid because I, I should have uh, looked the other way so they have you know who uh, caught my uh, caught my face but you know um, it's it, I'm there so uh, a lot of fun a lot of fun it's uh, it's definitely true you never forget it's you definitely don't forget the G's <laughs> you never for, you never forget the G's uh, they they don't do G's in simulators apparently so um. no 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 no. <laughs> And they don't come that fast, and you know, off, off, uh, off your attention. You're thinking, okay, this is going to be okay. Oh God, this is good. That's basically <laughs> how it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. Oh, thanks, thanks for bringing my memories back too. They oh are no, no worries, no worries. Yeah, oh, I should yeah. have, I should have done some more book stories because there's a lot. I have, a, I, I do have a lot of, you know, you know, good book stories. Uh, but you know. Uh, I'm sure you have like a, a few questions, so I, should, we should just stick to your questions first. Oh, so. uh, well, well, my my uh, my questions are uh, not uh, that important, but they they too more too many more questions pop up. Uh, but I think one that's really um, one that's really relevant for for us now as a team, as the uh, PR team as well, is uh, 
you know, uh, what, what do you what do you think of the PL two five eight project and and uh, how do you see it go ahead and move forward? I think that this is our window of opportunity. Um, so, so we need to strike. Uh, when the iron is hot. We need to do yeah. that now. Uh, this is our window of opportunity. Um, and it looks like it's falling into place in a good way. Um, we had some, uh, we had some, you know, we, we tried a few other, uh, you know, paths uh, at first and we tried, uh, there, there's one in Australia and then we had a Spitfire you know, at uh, Gardamon too, and uh, but I think we landed on um, the right Spitfire and the right story, and uh, the fact that this uh, particular uh, Spitfire has been flown by so many people. So this is our chance to uh, put all those words uh, into the air uh, and to put uh, history back where uh, it belongs. Uh, so yes, um, I'm not sure about the time frame. Um, I don't. I know as much as, uh, about that as you, uh, but yes. we know it takes some time to uh, to restore and reproduce and recreate a, a Spitfire, and uh, and then there's also uh, the money. Uh, we have been lucky now to to get some uh, funding from the state, and we will. I'm sure we will be getting uh, more funding. Um, so. All in all, I think the future is looking very good. Um, we have a, a huge team uh, involved. Um, so overall, very positive. Absolutely. I fully agree. And I think the in very important part of, of the project is, uh, or the, 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 uh, the official uh, funding that we got, got uh, in summer, is that it shows that the, uh, that the, um, that uh, officially we are recognized for what we're doing. So it's it shows that we, we are a, a team that are is capable of doing our mission, which is to restore Spitfire and operate historic aircraft. Where we have the experience, we have the team, and we have the knowledge, and we have the passion. And the, the team is large and, and varied, it, diverse. And it's, uh, it's just... Uh, it's, it shows that we will be able to do this now that we finally uh, have everything, everything, all the pieces are slowly falling to uh, falling together and becoming, you know, this project with 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 the Norwegian war history. There's not many Spitfires that have uh, Norwegian history and uh, and now we can be able to hopefully, uh, you know, honor their memory since no one has done it yet. It's uh, uh, as the same as with the uh, the merchant navy of the Norwegian uh, merchant navy or the the sailors during the war. They've always been in a subject of uh, being forgotten, and with the same is with the airmen and the ground crew and uh, 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 all the uh, the Norwegians fighting abroad. It's a common theme that they've been forgotten, and we must make sure that we honor their memory and they're not forgotten. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, that believes us to the uh, one thing I agree with you, which 
Only I know, I think, but the, the, the people who've written your your uh, books, maybe they should know. So, uh, which Mark of Spitfire is your favorite one? I know which one, but why is it? Ah, uh, haha. Um, I, I should do like uh, what you did and, you know, really, you know, do a long, long answer to well, this go question. Ahead, then, <laughs> because it's only, it's only 24 marks, so it can only take half an hour. It can only take half an hour. Um, no, well... Um, my my favorite mark of Spitfire comes from well the looks of it, uh, but also because there is a local connection uh, to that specific mark. Like well, there's a local connection here to to the Mark Nine, but there's a lot of Norwegians who who flew the Mark Five and the Mark Nine, uh, and then you have Rolf Arnaberg's Mark Nine with the you know, you know with the flag and uh, all of that. But uh, but I it's my favorite because. You know, maybe I'm stepping on some other toes here, but I'm the one who rediscovered that specific part of history, using some strong words. But I'm I'm very proud of 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 discovering that fact, even though it's like super geeky, because it is. It's just so geeky. Uh, but I I loved it, and uh, there's a, there's a story to it because. The specific mark of Spitfire we're talking about is the Mark 12, aha, which is I knew it. aha, which uh, got a huge engine uh, mounted basically on a Mark 5 airframe, and you chop the wingtips off, and it couldn't be any cooler than that. It's the most Frankenstein idea. Let's put the biggest engine we have on the smallest plane we have. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I, God, I, I couldn't. I, I it, it looks so brutal. Uh, no, it's indescribable. But anyway, um, you know, it it was one of the 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 mark the mark twelve, and this we're talking about one specific Spitfire, uh, which is MB882, which was one of the most photographed Spitfires during the war because they did some air-to-air sorties uh, with that Spitfire, um, and I discovered this uh, looking into Leif Lundstedt's logbook you know we haven't really talked about who he is uh, but you know to the outsiders he he flew with 331 squadron for almost the entire duration of the war and he was also a test pilot with Vickers Supermarine Spitfire in uh, I'm sorry Vickers Supermarine not Spitfire uh, during 1943 and he's from my area uh, he grew up in a very very small place called Billit in Österutoten uh, so he's uh, purebred tootening uh, more than me so uh, but he I, I I managed to get hold of his logbook and which sort of ended up as the book and I saw uh, in the logbook that he had uh, flown MB882 and I saw I thought wait a minute I've, that serial number is quite you know I've seen that before uh, yes. which uh, so I went online and there's like there's so many photos of that Spitfire and that. and it, it it wasn't to be but you know when I discovered that Leif had flown that specific Spitfire just a few days before that air to air sortie and just for a few moments I thought that this is Leif Lundstedt flying MB882 during that sortie you know uh, that's one of those moments when you get very geeked out and uh, you get chills down your spine right yes. so. Uh, but no, uh, he didn't flew it at that time. But he flew. Uh, he picked um, the Spitfire up at uh, High Post, which was uh, where they 
put together basically a new Spitfires and he flew it down to Worthy Down and then he also flew it to North Wheel to visit some friends. So there's a connection. There is uh, a Norwegian connection to the to the Mark 12, uh, and you know, so that's that's the human side of it. But there's also you know the, just the machine because it looks really cool. I imagine the the guys at 331 and Northwell they were pretty envious when this guy comes rolling down with this huge thoroughbred with this massive engine ahead, and he just hello. <laughs> yeah, can, can you imagine? Can you yeah. can you imagine like you you know you got the Mark 9s and the stuff and that's fine and they're they're very cool and then this. You know this 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 Frankenstein or this this yeah. you know this monster of a Spitfire is like is this a Mark Five? No, it's it <laughs> like what what's with the engine and it does it sounds different. Like you know you can imagine what they were discussing because he he was he came to Northwheel to to see his friends. I'm sure of I'm sure he did. So so maybe he did it because he wanted to or maybe he did it because someone told him. But. Uh, if he had lived, I'm sure he could have told that story. Um, but I, I managed to at least, you know, take that specific part of history and pull that out of the, you know, the darkness of no one knowing and put that in a book. And I'm very, that's like one of those people, things I'm, I'm basically proud of because I, that was just very, very cool stuff. Oh, it's uh, it's geeky, but it's how it should be. <laughs> well, well, you know, if it's not geeky, then it's no fun. It's boring. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely true. Yeah, yeah. So if like people out, you know, outside the community, you know, listening to us talking about MB eight A two, like why would they wouldn't really understand? But um, well, if you've yeah. seen the photograph of MB eight A two, it's the closest one. You're thinking of the one where it's information with three other Spitfires, isn't it? And it's the closest one to the camera. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and that yeah. one and the one where he's over the, I think it's the the coast yes. of England, and, and then he, yes, and then you know coming very close to the camera, and and then you, there's photographs on the ground and looking, you know, very very cool. So you know, and you know, with with a Spitfire, it's like you know, if you're if you're a kid and you, you see a Spitfire, it's like you can't help but be you know fascinated, even though if you don't like you know anything to do with aviation, everyone knows what a Spitfire you know is. It's and that's why we're going to have to have a flying PL two five eight, since the best way to get inspire people is to hear and see a Spitfire in the air flying by. Yes, and you know what's. I mean, you know, you, you can put a few of those on uh, in a museum, and you can look at it. And uh, but it's not going to be the same. It's it's a if you put it in a museum, it's a dead aircraft. And yeah, you know, it it works for some people. And you know, going back to some of our earliest ideas in NSF to fly um, the one uh, at Gardermoen. I think it's that's a Mark Mark 11. Mark 11, the PR 11, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, and I know that some people were very against uh, such an idea, and sure, um, but they're coming from, so, like I said, you know, this is a very varied type of interest, and they're coming from somewhere else. And Lars and those guys are coming from the pilot side, and I'm coming from someone else, and um, you know, it's just it's a matter of opinion. And but hell, I, I would put a, you know every Spitfire in the in the air if I could, but I, I do respect and understand that some have to stay on the ground fine 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 but they belong in the air come on when you hear a spitfire and you hear a murder and you can't go back it's no, like you, no, a no. life-changing moment <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's like this and the sound like okay you have a you know f-16 and they look cool and it's gray on a gray cloud base and fine but you know and it, you know it goes fast and stuff but you know 
the, the sound when you know something like that you know you know flies by is like you, you can't there's nothing you can compare that to um, so um, I think it's and, and that's the key because you can write a book and you can get people you know into this that way but I am confident when I say that I think a lot of interest in aviation from people my age and 10 years younger than me the origins of their interest comes from an air show yes and and just to add to that because we have time we can talk a little bit more so yes. um, we'll just keep talking we're on a roll the people the people don't want to listen anymore and all the lights in your workplace goes down and shuts off and your alarm yeah. goes on i think so yeah i think they just left so <laughs> just, but no alarm yeah. um we sort of skipped uh, flying legends because I, I I talked to Eric about it. I talked to you about it, and I came to Duxford uh, for the first time in 2005. Um, little bit by luck and or by chance, but I had done some research um, just prior to go to England because I, I went with a, a friend of mine, and we weren't you know going to England to look at airplanes. We were going to to the pubs. That that's that was you know our, our plan just you know we were drinking beer. That's a common Norwegian plan. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I we we wanted to see some sights. So I I decided that I wanted to see if there's any aviation going on, and I saw um, an ad for Flying Legends, which turned out to be at the same date as I was there. Uh, you know, and I you know I I had always had an interest, uh, but. Um, Going to coming into Duxford in 2005 and watching the Spitfire uh, opening sequence. Actually, I think it was, I think uh, Battler Britain Memorial Flight opened that year. But you know, whatever. You know, that sort of you know it it kickstarts stuff. You know, it, it's mm. it's a boost of massive adrenaline or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I I walked out of those gates. Uh, a different person than I mm. when I went in, and um, which is why, uh, to me and you and a lot of people, uh, flying legends and Duxford is you know very personal stuff. Because uh, it's me, it, even yeah. me, that's only been there for a couple of years. Well, it, it means you know if you've been there a couple of years or have been there for ten years, it, it really means you know something special. And I think it was a Norwegian who said this, because uh, I'm not sure if this. Um, uh, it's the same for uh, British people, maybe, uh, because when that stuff happened, uh, when they announced uh, that Flying Legends and Duxford were, you know, going separate ways, uh, one Norwegian said that, uh, okay, you you ruined uh, the spell, you broke the spell uh, between today and history by by doing that. Because for a lot of people, uh, at least Norwegians and Swedes and stuff like that, Poles coming to Duxford was like going back in history and actually taking part of uh, or merging with history. It was uh, a time capsule. Yes. So when something like that happens, you're sort of getting pulled out of, of history and whatever, and you realize that you're not in 1940, you're in, 19, you're in 2021. Uh, but but for me that was Flying Legends was a milestone, and without Flying Legends, I don't think there would be any books. Uh, I probably wouldn't be an NSF. Um, I certainly so, wouldn't be an NSF. No, I think 
since no, so, uh, you brought me into this world. Yeah. So so this so so Flying Legends is the core um, of my my uh, dedication and my interest because that's where it all you know comes from. Sort of not not all but but yeah. a lot. Uh, and when Flying Legends and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they uh, find a good home at Cywell uh, and uh, everything you know falls into place. Um, you know, but you know, with Legends taking a, a bit of a hit, uh, I also took a little bit of hit uh, mm. when it came to my uh, you know interest. You know, it's still there, uh, but it's not insane. It's it's not like uh, I'm I'm one step ahead of being you know having a diagnosis of some sort of mental illness because I I spent that amount of time on historic aviation. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, so we've done, we've discussed flying legends too. So yes, yeah. it's okay. uh, I uh, it really hit me too when uh, when Nick Gray uh, announced that it was uh, closing down the uh, the venue at Duxford. Uh, it just uh, it's the only time that I have just sat down and produced a film in two hours. I just made it there. And well, that's the, that's the thing with you know. And then I didn't make desperate times because then you create something, right? I uh, I didn't make anything for half a year after that. I was just no. I was sapped. My yeah. interest was sapped. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. Uh, there was no there was no more interest really uh, in that in that half year. It was just uh, yeah because you knew you knew that was the highlight of the year and you knew that was part of. Um, of sort of it's uh it was uh, how you say it's um it revived you because you managed to get into this community and world where you felt that you actually had an uh, a passionate part of and then it just broke so you i i i uh, i uh, made that film and then i wasn't i didn't make anything for yeah for half a year yeah so sort of because really... you yeah you know someone just take your artery and you chop that off uh, and then you at least have to spend some time you know mending uh, at least yeah. um, so um, no w without that uh, 2005 and onwards uh, I don't think there would be any I would have an interest but it wouldn't be like that so uh, going from pretty interested to just uh, full dedication for almost a decade um, so I've, I've I've scaled that down not just because uh, of the you know situation and circumstance, but you know I also have a family, so I uh, it cannot be the same. But I managed, but it fell into place because if everything was different, I wouldn't be able to anyway. Yeah. Uh, so so everything fell in the right pecking order, so to speak. Mm. So I could spend that amount of time writing the book about Leif or 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 Phoenix through flying mosquitoes and or Viking Speedfire and all of that, and it's just in the right pecking order, so to speak. And now um, I think the focus will have to be on PL two five eight and NSF. And with those very great ending words, I think we are at an end. Thank you very much to Idar for spending your time with me and uh, I hope everyone who's listened will come out wiser. Do you have any last words to say? Well, any last words? Maybe we should just make our own podcast and just discuss you know, anything aviation related. Uh, you know, uh, 
NSF no. and anything aviation aviated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just maybe I should just widen the perspective a little bit on on what we're gonna do with this podcast. But uh, really no, long, I'm it's gonna be a long title. I need to make <laughs> a very long banner. Uh, yeah. Well, yes. Uh, no, um, I I I have the statistics on this this podcast, and I I well I'm pretty. Uh, uh, pretty happy with uh, what we produced. Uh, this is just like like in a spur of the moment type of thing. Um, we don't really have any fancy equipment. Um, I just you know edit this you know quite easily. I publish it on these platforms and it's quite easy. And maybe the sound isn't too good at times. And uh, maybe we, there's alarms going off or or whatever. <laughs> uh, and we're not uh, you know native English speakers, we do our best. Um, uh, but just thank you for, thank you to those who, who listen and um, we, well, I have a good time doing it and uh, uh, maybe you'll come back for another guest appearance uh, at some point and let's, uh, may, maybe we'll just have like one topic to discuss. Uh, uh, let's, you know, you can bring us some of my, my internet friends from Britain around and we can just have a, an hour-long discussion on flying legends or, or whatever. Yeah, uh, I would lo- yeah. I'd love to have like a round-the-table discussion. That we have to cool. look into that. So yeah. we have to look into that uh, just to bring uh, some more people around. So uh, next for this podcast um, will be I have to find my next subject of uh, interest, so to speak. Uh, I haven't really decided who to uh, ask yet. Uh, it will most likely be someone within the organization. Uh, I have been playing with some other uh, names but it will have to be i have some ideas at least so um we'll see we'll yes. see yes from uh, thank you, knut. and uh, knut we will see you some other time we will goodbye goodbye